Good morning, Hall Vineyard Church. Great to see you. Um, slightly different today from what we've been doing in previous weeks. We're going back to some of the early days uh, where we would do some recordings from home. Uh, just my schedule uh, just means this week that I'm just going to record something for you guys um, from our lovely home. Uh, I just want to say a few things before I get into uh, the sermon today. Uh, first of all, uh, Massive, massive thank you to those of you who came to our Welcome Home Sunday uh, a couple of days ago. What a day. After six months of not meeting together in person, it felt like a bit of a landmark day. You know, we had probably about 220 plus people through the doors over four services at 4 p.m. We live streamed, getting a lot of views right now. You can look at our YouTube platform. And uh, I just want to say thank you to all those who came. Thank you to those who joined online. Thank you, those um, amazing, amazing team members who just serve behind the scenes, um, just doing lots of things uh, to make Sunday happen so safely, so well. Really, really, really proud of you all. And um, yeah, thank you for your courage. Thank you for being a witness. Uh, thank you for standing with us. And uh, we were just on an absolute high um, since then. And uh, yeah, people are already signing up to our next one, which is the end of October. If you go on to our new website, uh, you'll get, be able to see our new branding, which is exciting, and be able to sign up to uh, our next service. The good news is we're increasing our capacity a little bit. We have 75 spaces at each of the four services, and then we have team on top of that. So uh, God is good, and... Um, you know, we've just seen some amazing things happen. I've just been in a school this morning, a little bit different. I spoke to a year bubble, a few classes uh, live, and then uh, my live talk got streamed uh, via Zoom into all the classrooms to a thousand kids and teachers, um, speaking on how we can remain emotionally healthy in a pandemic. And so I'm just really grateful to all the opportunities that we seem to be having as a church right now, the open doors to really make a difference uh, one person at a time. really believe in the power of today, really believe in the power of the value of one. You just uh, touch one person at a time, reach them with the gospel. And we can't do everything, but we can do something. That's really important to remember uh, in these times that we live in, where we feel maybe some, some days really overwhelmed, um, but actually just to kind of take small steps forward, uh, to do the thing that's in front of you, to be obedient to Jesus, um, that's the most important thing. So we're going to continue part four today uh, in the book of Joshua. We're camping around at verse Joshua 24, uh, verse 15, which says, As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And um, this is really a an opportunity to respond to an invitation that we sense God has given to us for wholehearted commitment, particularly in these difficult times and difficult days where, do you know, on any given day, we can't rely on our emotional state or we can rely on our set, set circumstances. But um, actually, it's about an act of will. It's an act of faith. It's an act of courage. It's a, it's a commitment in response to God's faithfulness to be faithful to him and say, look, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And... Um, Basically, what it means is, Lord, you can count on us as individuals. You can count on us as a church, as a church family. We talked about this 
on Sunday together about the importance of being unified, guarding and protecting our our unity and really uh, entering into what it means to love one another, which is so, so important. It's at the heart of Christian community. But I think if we truly want to be a people who uh, serve God in our time and in our generation, is that we need to be a people of God's word. We need to be a people who love the Bible. And early on in, in Joshua, God uh, tells Joshua repeatedly to be strong and courageous. You're going to need to be strong and courageous as you go forward and you face many obstacles and many hardships and many battles in order to claim the promised land that God had indeed promised them. Uh, you're going to face many enemies. And let me just pause there f- for a moment with this thought. is I've discovered in my discipleship, and especially this year, that um, nothing keeps you moving forward in the Christian life more than an enemy. And uh, without an enemy, your present is always permanent. So if you want to really allow transformation and change and moving forward, then actually an enemy is a good thing. It is a thing which gives us an opportunity to rise up. Um, I think I think the voice of an enemy or a circumstance or a challenge, it provokes our thinking. I think it helps us to abandon apathy. And uh, I think it really produces resilience. And that's why in the book of James, James says, you know, count it all pure joy when you face trials of many, uh, many kinds. Count it and consider it pure joy because... Uh, it leads to perseverance and that perseverance leads to uh, a maturity and that's really what the Lord is after he's after uh, growing us to a place of maturity and Christ-likeness and fruitfulness and I found as hard as it is and it is hard you know enemies in different ways and different forms is actually an opportunity to persevere and to develop character in our lives so maybe in this covid season god has been doing some holy disruption in your life some repositioning certainly has been in my life um but it's all about the future it's all about the the call of god it's all about entering in as it were to our promised land the call of god on us uh, for our community and our generation just think about how you matured from being a child to an adult um a huge aspect of that development physically emotionally mentally as of course trials and tests and disappointments and setbacks and rejection um and i i think when things like that are removed um in terms of many aspects of church life um it shows really where our foundations lay I think in in the season, the the many of the normal things that we were accustomed to, um, maybe the table legs, it were they've they've been moved, and it kind of shows up what what's really at the foundation of of our lives, and so we go go really back into the story of Joshua, um, God has declared His divine initiative about the promised land, and His plans, and now God emphasizes our human response. To his promises and plans. So God is calling on Joshua to have courage, but it's not the kind of courage that is, or oh, just just muster up, up enough energy, 
and courage just to kind of go for this. Um, it's not about mustering up enough nerve, but actually courage is based on the instruction of God from the Torah to Joshua. So we read in Joshua 1.8, and this is kind of like the central verse, love for you to look at today. It says this, keep this book of the law always on your lips, meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Really beautiful verse. So the command of God to Joshua is this. You're going to need to meditate on this book, on the Torah, in the context there, day and night, but also learn to apply it to your current context and battles. And that's why you need to be regularly meditating on it and understanding it and applying it. That's a really good process for us with God's word. We need to be meditating on it, understanding it, then applying it. I think it's kind of threefold strategy uh, for the successful Christian life in terms of um, our discipleship. Now, the word meditate, I think, is interesting and fascinating. You may have heard many different things about that word in this context. But the image used here is that of something being always in your mouth, not in terms of food, but in terms of something discussed. And and that word is also translated elsewhere to uh, to the word murmur. So the implication of that word meditation wasn't primarily a private action, but actually a corporate act, which kind of is in, think, in line with what we were saying on Sunday, that this uh, response to God's call of commitment is as for me and my house we will serve the lord it's an individual response it's a personal response but it's also a collective response it's about the power of togetherness and we which is is hugely important in this season that we're in and um, if you look at this same image of uh, of uh, meditating uh, and murmuring um, it, it appears in the psalms it appears in in malachi and you'll see this continued theme throughout the Hebrew Bible. So, church, we want to be Christians and followers of Jesus who are committed, who are faithful, who are strong, who are courageous, who have wisdom, who are successful. It therefore goes without saying that the word of God, the Bible, must take center stage in our lives personally and indeed corporately. In our own personal times of devotion and reading, but also in smaller gatherings, whether it be circles or home groups. Again, that's another great reason for you to connect in this season, not just relationally. Uh, we need each other to grow. People need people. Um, that's the way God's designed it. But also, as we look at scripture and we uh, read around Bible passages and just for our own edification, that's the way we're, we're to meditate on God's word. Um, you know, if someone was to ask me, John, what is your greatest desire for the whole Vineyard Church? I mean, there's a lot. Okay. But probably the main thing is this is it would be we would be a church who are truly lovers of the Bible. Uh, because if if you get the Bible, you get everything else. Um and so to be a church who are personally and corporately lovers of God's word, who truly see it as our daily sustenance and food and live by it, is a huge anchor to our souls, particularly in the in the climate that we're we're in. 
And um, I love it how Psalm, Psalm 1 talks about God's word. Uh, it says this, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his Lord day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, prosper. So when we read the Bible, we see God, we see ourselves, we see truth, we see the world, we see our brokenness, our sin, we see people, we see blessing, we see faith. And our souls are stable and they flourish when his word is hidden in our heart. And, you know, we all try, I'm sure, read the Bible the best way we can. And many of us will just see it as kind of fitting it around our schedule, just five minutes here or five minutes there and around the, the managing the business of life, really. But if we really, really want to be shaped and influenced and marked by God's word, um, we need to allow God to bring about a desire for God's word. We need to desire God's word more than we desire other things. We need to desire his word more than we read the news at the moment or listen to the news or read the newspapers or on social media or TV or convenience or distractions or other things. You have to desire God's word so much that you set boundaries on the other things that drain your desire for God's word and establish rhythms and space and priority to nourish the soul. Many of us will be exhausted spiritually and emotionally and mentally if we do not feast on the Bible. And I, I've always believed this, if you keep doing the things you're doing, you'll keep getting the things that you're getting. And so for some of us are maybe trapped like a, a hamster's wheel, just going around in circles, um, is to break out of that. You need to maybe do some things differently and, and look at how you manage your time. Personal transformation is where your leaf does not wither and your flourishing is from the inside out. And, and, and really the depth of your desire has a great deal to do with the outcome of your life. And so your desire for God's word will really influence the outcome of your life. Um, we want to avoid, don't we, a shipwreck of our faith. And many people's faith is shipwrecked. Um, I love it how Simon Ponsonby puts it. It's is basically down to, to drift and drown. Is that it doesn't happen overnight, but actually it's a, a, a gradual drifting away from the truth from spending time and studying god's word and um, and so we need to do the hard work spend that time um and i think the best way is just to read read the bible read it for what it is just read chapters after chapters read whole books at a time really invest in the context and the history and the people and the understanding of of uh, why it was written and when it was written and for who it was written and then allow the Holy Spirit to apply that word to our current situation. Um, I always think it's kind of good to have on your desk or have on the floor or whatever, just kind of like a, a starter kit, if you like, is to get a good study Bible. You know, the ESV is fantastic. Um, uh, the Bible speaks today. A study Bible has the commentary and the footnotes. 
of, of, of the NIV there, which is fantastic. A couple of translations. I, I love uh, ESV, NIV, JB Phillips. Um, and then get a few good commentaries around maybe the book that you're studying. Get a journal, start to jot things down, what God is speaking to you about. Get a highlighter pen. Um, I, I like to get a new Bible every single year. I just think there's something about that. Just get a new Bible uh, and, and just begin to um, annotate it and really get stuck in to something that is so, so important in terms of being an anchor for our, our souls. Um, I've been thinking about Luke 6. Uh, about the the wise and the foolish builders and um, I should encourage you to read that Luke 6 46 uh, onwards and compare the two builders um, there's a whole lot of similarities in those builders you've got they're both builders <laughs> they both build a house um, same location same area same look same appearance um, so many Similarity, same weather conditions. Everything's the same, but Jesus highlights the one difference, which is the foundation. Uh, one is built on solid rock. One is built on sinking sand on sand. And I want you to picture the scene. Though not geographically identified in the Gospels, uh, scholars believe that the Sermon on the Mount was uh, taken place by the Sea of Galilee. So it was along this particular stretch of shoreline, the summertime, uh, it was the summer sand was hard like rock, and then heavy winter rains came, softened the sand, caused disastrous flooding. So, if you wanted to build firm foundations, you've got to dig deep. You've got to go um, you know, ten feet uh, to the bedrock, or you'll be in serious trouble when the heavy rains came. And so, um, that really highlights the difference. But the difference that Jesus applies this is that. The one that built their house on solid rock was the one who put the word into practice. Both hearing the word and you could be studying the word and listening to the word. But the one who puts it into practice is one that when the storms of life, so you could argue that COVID is a real storm of life for sure. And so when that comes, what remains? Do you, Is it, well, do you know what my church attendance or... Um, some routines I had or ticking certain boxes or was it Jesus and being like Jesus becoming like Jesus doing the things that Jesus has asked us to do actually putting the, the word into practice it's not just as John Wimber founder of the vineyard you say it's not just like a menu reading a menu but actually it's a meal and so we get to eat the meal we get to do the stuff when Jesus says do this or if you do this or there's a promise then let's do it let's not just read and memorize the greek and, in, and enjoy that although that's all really exciting um for those who love things like that but there's a huge difference isn't there between those who profess to be a christian and you have a fish on your car and you can have the you know the cool t-shirts you know the few students you can have in your t-shirt you know christians christian guys cuddle better or you know jesus with goalkeeper gloves saying jesus saves whatever it is that would mark you out as a Christian. But I think there's more to it than singing the songs and having a Bible and um, being in a small group. All those things are hu huge practices that we need to be doing and being involved in for sure. They're formational 
they're crucial but the most important thing is is that we're wise builders who build our house on solid rock and put these things into practice so i'm just encourage you that's just 20 minutes of encouragement to say look if we want to um commit wholeheartedly and say as for me and my house we will serve the lord and when we want to be strong and courageous in this season we want to cross into the promised land the reality is guys we've got to study and read and love and put the word of god into practice that is the source of our strength and our courage and it was important for joshua god knew that that's why he said it and it's certainly important to us so be encouraged to do that this week and beyond see you soon god bless